What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Is AI hype outpacing reality? A few signs that perhaps the story will not be as simple as buying the early AI winners, especially in the stock market. It is Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day and welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Boza with Mark Gilbert. Mark, I'm so excited to celebrate our 500th episode. Oh, I mean 50th episode. <laughs> wow. I, mean, a, a, I knew you would a, appreciate it. A rip of a lift joke. That is brutal. I know. It was it was really lame compared to all the amazing memes I out know. there. But I thought I would give it a crack. I mean, there's already been so many. I've I've already seen so many memes even before this happened about how people sort of think that uh, how smart they're sounding when they say uh, basis points <laughs> basis instead points. of just yeah instead of just saying um, percentages. Can I admit something here? I have yeah. a confession. Yeah. Ever since I started working at CNBC, like one of the first things I did, this is like ten years ago, I stopped saying markets are up zero point two percent. I always go markets are up two tenths of a percent or eight tenths of a percent. Totally, and that's totally. just a little thing that I have done, but not as confusing as not the as confusing thing. as saying yeah, we're saying bips, yeah, up a couple bips. of bips, yeah. I it mean, is kind it's of brutal. like a. Yeah, it's like a thing you do to sound smart. And yeah, in this case, like, I, th- like that wasn't even what happened last night. Okay, for those that may not know what we're talking about, actually, let's just explain it before we go on to the story of the day. Lyft earnings last night, of which I was covering in real time, they said they put out a target that said their EBITDA margin expansion was going to be 500 basis points, aka 5%, which is just enormous. And then the call happened and an analyst was like, are you sure you meant 500 basis points? And they were like, no, actually, we meant 50 basis points, 0.5% are bad. And the stock went from being up nearly 70% in the after hours to up about 15%. So they didn't lose it all. But it was just like kind of amazing how in this day and age and when you have lawyers and investor relations people looking over these press releases because they can move markets how something like that happens i've I've never seen any i'm covering earnings for like 10 years never seen it happen i know i mean but also that the stock gapped up 70 percent, and that they didn't realize until the conference call they were like oh wow you guys seem really focused on margins it's like well (laughs) yeah why do you think the stock was up 70 percent after hours it was rough, and I feel for the IR people for the like almost brand new, brand new CFO. CFO. I know. But I will say it's been like almost twenty four hours since that happened, and it feels like the internet has moved on. And so will we on that note, Mark? Yeah, mistakes happen, and that sort of has been the uh, the takeaway. Oh, but definitely, this may have some legal legal repercussions. But let's uh, let's get yeah, to let's our- leave that there. So our story today. Is I you know I don't really think our story today is cracks in the AI bull case. I think it's more that this mm-hmm. story won't be straightforward, right? And that the use cases and the applications and the companies that we think are leading today might not end up being mm-hmm. the winners when you know the story is actually told. 
Okay, we've talked about this so many times, right? But we decided to do this story today because we looked at it in the context of yesterday's sell-off, right? It was almost like we hadn't seen a day like that for so long. For we just got yeah. so used to this melt-up that the broader markets were doing and tech in particular and the mega caps and Nvidia just every day after day marching higher and higher. And so yesterday it was so interesting to look at the names that stood out for their relative resilience. So it was AI names, unsurprisingly, Meta, Microsoft. Um, they've had huge run-ups, right? And that's why they were kind of in another market without this AI backdrop, they might have fallen harder too, but they only fell around 2% each. The AI chip winners, the trio, NVIDIA, AMD, Broadcom, they barely fell at all. And what this suggests to me is two things. One, the generative AI tailwinds are stronger than the CPI headwinds. You could also maybe apply that to, to a bad jobs report in right. whatever sense of the world, a good jobs report, whatever, whatever will dictate sort of the broader interest rate trajectory at the Fed. Um, and B, that the AI hype cycle is holding up the broader markets. We were lucky this time, right, that the cycle is still intact and that these names held up. If they didn't, it could have been a whole lot uglier. And it just underpins the promise of generative AI, not just like in tech where we operate, but in the broader markets. Right. Because and because of the the, the the rally has been driven so much by, you know, the biggest seven stocks, there's a lot riding on sort of this promise of generative AI for the entire stock market. And it's not always clear that it's delivering exactly right. So let's walk through a couple of the actual uh, example. Well, you know, and we you could, depend- before we do that too, we could give you like a million reasons why the generative AI cycle is going to deliver and be bigger than anyone thought. We hear that case like almost every day, but here's just a few examples. We wanted to highlight them of like the beginnings of like cold water. And if you see more of it, how does that impact the stock market? Sorry, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, exactly. So let's walk through a couple of those examples. So one, there is this Wall Street Journal piece on Microsoft's co-pilot, essentially saying that it's basically a dud, right? And that's a pretty brutal review for what Bank of America calls the linchpin of the AI monetization theme. Um, you know, this was published. This was out yesterday during the session. Investors mostly shrugged it off. But, you know, there, there is this risk that it continues to be a dud or maybe just, you know, a nice to have, not a need to have piece of tech. And that's that would be different than what's priced in here. Right. Investors shrugged it off yesterday. But if you get more and more headlines like this or like even worst case scenario, Microsoft isn't able to monetize it at the rate the market hopes it will no longer do you have the biggest company in the stock market holding up the rest of the stock market. Another example, and this is like a more under the radar, smaller example, because it involves Airbnb, which is obviously a much, much smaller stock, though still big. Earnings were out last night. And on the analyst call, I thought that Brian Chesky's comments on AI were so, so good. He didn't downplay like the shift as a whole. He still said this is going to be like this giant technology shift, but he downplayed some of the progress so far, which I thought was really refreshing. He said that the interface is still stuck in the 2000s and the 2010s. And he used this example, like pull out your phone, look at your apps. None of them have fundamentally changed since the advent of generative AI. And it's such a good point because we're almost like getting ahead of ourselves because we know that the shift is so big, but what has it actually changed so far? We talk, and we've talked a lot about this, like Google search looking different, but it still kind of looks the same, yeah. even when you're in ChatGPT. Right. And basically on the call, I mean, you were covering this, but on the call, he basically just said, we're not just going to like 
you know, chuck a chat bot up on yes. up on our website to satisfy, you know, investor demand or whatever, or like, you know, tech demand that we that we incorporate AI into our products. And I'm, you know, think about Airbnb's actual business, right? The like recommendation engine is uh, you know, is all built around like machine learning and need, needing to figure out how it surfaces the best properties and match you up mm-hmm. across that marketplace. You know, that all has a ton of machine learning built into it. But, you know, He's like, we're not just going to add an AI assistant to be buzzy. <laughs> it would be so easy for him to hype it up and be like, we're going to get your recommendations for which Airbnb to stay at. It's going to be so much better. We're going to add a chatbot. The service levels are going to improve. And this is what I like about Chesky. He, for as long as I've been covering the company, which is forever, doesn't jump on trends. He has a very specific, unique point of view. I remember asking him during the whole crypto thing of 2021, you know, how are you guys thinking about it? And he was always like, we're watching. We're not doing anything. We'll see. And in this case with AI, he's not saying they're just watching. He says they're doing. They're thinking about it really carefully. They're integrating it, but he's not ready to come out and show you what he's done until it's really interesting. And it's going to be more interesting than a chat bot. So I really appreciated those comments. Yeah. And then the third example we thought we saw today was, um, and Deirdre, you have followed this company a lot, but it's the company Databricks, right? And they're mm-hmm. a uh, like cloud uh, infrastructure company. They're no, they're they're a data analytics oh, company, sorry, sorry. and they acquired a generative AI company called Mosaic. And Ali Godsey is, you know, really candid, and he's also a unique thinker. He's not afraid to say things that go against like market trends, and he works in this space. So if you think about data being the gold in the AI rush, Databricks is uniquely placed here, and he was out in the information, in an interview in the information, throwing some cold water on the chip part of all this. I also want to note that we did speak to him a few months ago, back in November, and he relayed the same concerns to us, which we played on CNBC. And he said that right now, GPUs, high-end chips are scarce, but that's not always going to be the case. And he listed a bunch of examples from AMD to the chip, to the mega caps themselves, all trying to develop higher end chips. Um, And then yesterday in the information, he compared internet bandwidth constraints in the late 2000s, which eventually disappeared, right? It became commoditized and the winners of the dot-com boom were not the winners a few years later. Um, So he said that he thinks there's going to be a GPU glut. And it's almost similar to what like Jensen Huang said this week as well, after we talked about the, he was asked about Sam Sam Altman's $7 trillion dream. And Jensen Huang was basically like, no, this stuff is going to get more and more efficient. Right? Right. Yeah. And that, and that Ali Godsey said that he actually thinks there's going to be a GPU glut, not a, not scarcity. Um, And the quote was the market rushes to produce. So I think we're going to see a lot more GPUs next year. And this was at the end of last year, so that was 2024. What is that going to do to prices? I think the prices of GPUs, of course, comes down. I, you were going to jump in? I was going to say, too, another interesting thing he has said um, over the last few months, and he reiterated it in the information, is that you're going to see the commoditization of these large language models. And it's funny because I see that when I switch between OpenAI and BARD, which is now Gemini, and Perplexity, Perplexity is more of an interface. But you know, the large language models, okay. they're all going to have like good enough information. Yeah. But what's interesting about like the whole idea of a chip glut, right? And you see this chart going around a little bit, comparing NVIDIA's rise to Cisco's in the late 1990s. The case is so different, I get it, but just the excitement and hype and like this belief in the markets that this is the winner. 
Yeah, totally. Right. Back then. I mean, that's the exact example, right? Everyone says that in the in the late 90s, if you wanted to bet on this phenomenon, you were buying the the maker of Internet hardware and, and um, you know, uh, like switches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it seemed obvious that Cisco was going to be that winner. The, I mean, and if we need to make it clear for listeners, Cisco was not the winner. Uh, and and the has Cisco has never reached that peak, never yeah. even come close to that peak back then. Exactly. And so the point being that it's still early in this Gen AI race. And while the current winners were resilient yesterday, there's, you know, we're in the early innings of whatever this becomes. And if you want to tie sort of all these three stories together, you know, it's you've got Microsoft, Microsoft and Google, right, are, are building uh, AI products into like their main uh, interfaces. It, you know, still time's going to tell if that's successful. B, yeah. you've got the Airbnb CEO saying, I don't know, like we're not just going to like throw a chatbot up. So that's that's been like right the major interface where we use AI right now, right? Chatbots. Are chatbots going to be successful? And is that going to be the the interface for how we yeah. access them? And then three is the hardware aspect of this. And NVIDIA has been the one clear winner. Will it remain so? I think those are the three sort of pieces of Pieces of cold yeah. water, drops of cold water that are dropped I think on the story. Just linking it to the broader markets is really the key point here. This sell-off yesterday kind of felt like it caught everyone off guard, right? It just it had been so long. And I know on CNBC we had market sell-off like plastered on totally. our screens because and then yields went up as well, right? And you just think like, thank goodness for these AI tailwinds that are helping to support some of the biggest names in the market. So we better if you're like an average investor and you're not specifically investing in AI, it doesn't matter because if you're holding an index fund, it's likely that you're holding some these, of these names yeah. and they're whole they're propping up the whole the broader markets. Um so we'll continue to track this from a tech and a stock angle, but I thought it was uh, an interesting story today. We'll keep looking for more signs of it. On that note, Mark, I'm off for the next week or so. Yeah. Have a great Valentine's Day. Have a great couple of days okay. off and we'll see you uh we'll see you next week. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.